From COK Studios in Ophira Eisenberg's attic, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. On today's show, we'll consider the ongoing struggles of the Trump administration to fill cabinet jobs. We'll also consider a preview of this year's Academy Awards and the Oscar-nominated films. And we'll consider that there ain't no party like a public radio party, because a public radio party is intellectually stimulating. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from the Swedish Anti-Terrorism Coalition, helping protect Sweden and its people from the dangers of terrorists and refugees, because apparently that's a problem. Visit umwhat.swede for more information. And Funtime Mountain, a roller coaster park for the whole family. Now offering fun time, all time ride time passes for the decapitator, the vomitorium, and the rickety rocket. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones Mallow. President Donald Trump currently presides over a government where many key positions remain sparsely populated. In fact, six of the 15 statutory cabinet secretaries are still awaiting Senate confirmation. Even the cabinet posts that have been filled are seeing staffing issues. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson has no deputy secretary, much less any Trump-appointed undersecretaries or assistant secretaries. And that does not even begin to cover the rest of the more than 4,000 appointments that a president typically makes. In some cases, the Trump administration is even going in reverse. A senior political appointee at the Housing Department was fired this past week when someone discovered his previous statements critical of Mr. Trump. Why is it seemingly so difficult for people to be hired and then keep their jobs in the Trump administration? Senior political correspondent Marta Margolis joins us now in the studio to shed some light on this subject. Hello, Kana and Dinah. Marta, you've been covering the Trump White House since the inauguration. Why are there so many positions yet to be filled? Other than the wampant chaos, petty infighting, culture of lies, blatant nepotism, misogynist behavior, and the fact that Mr. Trump demands complete loyalty from all subordinates at all times, there doesn't seem to be any reason why people might not want to work for this president. I see. How is Mr. Trump planning to address all of these vacancies? It's obviously not making the government run very smoothly. Well, a steady dose of blaming the media, coupled with a new screening process, is what the Trump camp has planned. So what do we know about this new screening process? I was shown a copy of a new hiring questionnaire by a Trump staffer who was hoping to be fired for weaking the documents to the press. It is just two questions. One, can you promise to be 100% loyal all the time to President Donald Trump no matter what, even at the expense of American safety? And two, are you a member of the Trump family? Well, that sounds like it's going to be tough to find people. Experience, qualifications, and work ethic do not matter at all. Other than this questionnaire, are the Trump people doing anything else? Well, they've posted some of the jobs on Monster.com and Quegslist. Here is one posting. Are you looking for an exciting position as one of President Donald J. Trump, the greatest president ever's closest sycophants? 
If so, please send your declaration of unwavering loyalty and an eight and a half by eleven headshot to celebrityapprentice at gmail dot com, and you will be considered for such jobs as senior White House advisor, national security advisor, ambassador to Greece, and senior alternative truth person. Preference will be given to any Whitebot employee. Uggos and Muslims need not apply. Sounds like they're doing some extreme vetting. Indeed. Thank you for that update on the president's cabinet, Marta. You're welcome. That was COK's senior political correspondent, Marta Margolis. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. The 89th Academy Awards are this Sunday on ABC and will be hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. The musical La La Land received the most nominations with a record tying 14, while the sci-fi film Arrival and the drama Moonlight came in second with eight nominations apiece. As usual, the COK team is on hand for full Oscar coverage. Joining me now to discuss the nominated films and performances are senior entertainment reporter Fritz Hicks and documentary filmmaker Neil Thenardier. Glad to see you both. Hi there. Hello, guys. Since you've seen all the nominated films, let's go through the top categories and get your picks for who you think will win and who you'd like to win. Sounds good to me. Even though narrative films are always quite pedestrian, I am prepared to give my expert analysis on the dreck that received Oscar nods this past year. Okay then, best actress. Yes, yes. My choice would be Natalie Portman in Jackie. She was just terrific at capturing the essence of former first lady Jackie Kennedy. I think it was how she looked in a pillbox hat that really sold me on her performance. I do think that Meryl Streep will probably win, though, because let's face it, she's Meryl Streep. Fair enough, Neil. While none of the performers could capture the raw, real emotion of a documentary film, I must say that there was one out of the five nominees that caught my attention. It is rare for an actor to make me feel anything at all in a narrative film, but this actress will deserve the Oscar should she win on Sunday night. Oh, who is that? Meryl. Duh. Moving on. Best actor. Yes, yes. This was a toughie for me, Dinah. In this category, you have the singing and dancing handsomeness of Ryan Gosling, the grizzled handsomeness of Viggo Mortensen. The pacifist handsomeness of Andrew Garfield, the Boston handsomeness of Casey Affleck, and the older black handsomeness of Denzel Washington. I think you could make a case for any of these fine actors, but my pick is Gosling. He really showed me something with his singing and dancing, like a more handsome, less talented Gene Kelly. I disagree with Fritz. I must say that it is sometimes impossible to polish the turd that is Hollywood filmmaking, and this collection of actors is unfortunately unpolishable. If you forced me to choose, I suppose I would say Denzel Washington's work in Fences was the least objectionable of the five. There you go. Finally, we have Best Picture. While I enjoyed all the nominated films, I must say that the carefree fun and romance of La La Land gets my vote. I just love when they break out into song. My second choice would be Arrival. Neil, I cannot choose. 
My choice for best film of the year won't make any of these showy lists. I am forced to submit a write-in pick for best picture. Moss is a stirring documentary about a lonely man named Angus Duff who harvests moss in a remote Scottish town. The layers in this film stagger me, and I am still haunted by the sound of Angus's moss-scraping tools against the rocks of the desolate Scottish moors. I also liked Moana. Yes, yes. Those songs were adorable. I hope Lin-Manuel Miranda gets his EGOT. Well, we appreciate both of you being with us today. Joining us now via Skype from Los Angeles is our good friend and celebrity stylist, Peter Grigio. How are things going out there, Peter? I'm a big ball of crazy right now, Dinah. We just did New York's Fashion Week, which was a triumph. (laughs) And now I'm getting some of Hollywood's hottest stars ready for the Oscars. Ooh, sounds exciting. Oh my... It is. Oh my god. It's every gay man's dream. It's literally all I can do to not squeal with the light all day, every day. So, Peter, tell us what we can expect to see the stars wearing on the red carpet. Uh, Dinah, are, are you sitting down? Yes. Oh, God, grab your chair. Uh, girl, because you won't be able to handle the fashion that's coming to you this Oscar night. You'll see polka dots, pasties, sequin yoga pants, ascots. Hmm. Frock coats, water squirting boutonnieres, medieval hair shirts, tie-dye. Yeah, it's coming back. Uh, dental headgear, wooden clogs, chainmail, paint splattered overalls, ridiculously long red neckties, compression socks, pussy bows, slankets, fascinators, personalized dog collars, and an I'm with stupid t-shirt. Oh, who's wearing that? Oh, Mel Gibson's date. Oh, that gets us to another question. Who did you style this year? Ah, all the people of consequence. Dev Patel, Viola Davis, Natalie Portman's unborn child, Viggo Mortensen's brother, Ego, Emma Stone, the water buffalo from Zootopia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Casey Affleck's weed dealer, George Lucas's neck sack, and Meryl Streep. She's so radiant that she gave me third-degree burns on my fingers when I tried to help her put a dress on. Very impressive, Peter. Oh, you don't have to tell me. Uh Uh-oh, I gotta go. Oh, God. Oh, God. Meryl's apparently allergic to mohair. Kisses! That was stylist and designer to the stars, Peter Grigio. The Academy Awards are this Sunday on ABC. Before we end this week's show, we at COK recognize that with all the chaos and discord in the news lately, it's easy for all of us to get emotionally bogged down by the insanity of it all. To combat our collective unease, Consider Our Knowledge is excited to introduce a new segment highlighting the weekly successes of our listeners, no matter how mundane the accomplishment. Here now are this week's Big Little Wins. Kudos to Travis Spart of Monroe, Louisiana, for memorizing all of the lyrics to Will Smith's Gettin' Jiggy With It. Just because the song was forgotten 18 years ago doesn't make this feat any less of a big little win. This week's other big little win is something many of us can relate to. Jeff Hansfield of Hines, Washington, turned his shower on to precisely the correct temperature on the first try. No adjustments were necessary when he stepped under the cascade of water. 
That tiny sweet spot on the knob between glacial spring and white hot lava is tough to find. Nicely done, Jeff. If you or someone you know has a big little win, please let us know by posting on our Facebook page. We need all the wins we can get these days, even the little ones. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, visit considerourknowledge.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at ConsiderOurKnow. If you'd like to download the podcast, you can go to iTunes or Stitcher.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. Very impressive, Peter. Ain't it just so? Dinah, can you hear me? I can, I can. (laughs)